0: Excuse me, being at Dothan, there it is, I knew I wasn't getting much help. But, um, uh, amen, you know, the, him and his servant woke up that morning and they were surrounded by the enemy. The Syrians had surrounded uh, them there at Dothan and the servant looked at Elisha, his master, and said, What shall we do? That's what we do a lot of times when we find ourselves in a bind. Uh, but Elisha said, just look a little closer, and Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw that, uh, uh, that standing in between God's men and the Syrian army was a host of angels, chariots of fire, amen. amen. How many times does God protect us uh, when we don't even know that he does it, amen? Uh, I'm thankful for, the, uh, for the, the shield and the shelter that God puts around our lives, and uh, amen, times that we're not even aware of it, amen, you could be involved in an accident and, uh, amen, but uh, but the Lord comes through when, for you when you need Him to do so, uh, amen, God been good to anybody else today, Bible says the Lord inhabits the praises of His people, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, we have every reason to praise Him uh, for who He is and what He's done for us, God been good to you today. Yes, man. Amen. God knows what we need before we ever ask Him for it. Do you believe that? Amen. But He still likes to hear us ask Him. Amen. Just like a parent, there's nothing that thrills your soul any more than to hear a child, hear your child, son or daughter, uh, say, Daddy, would you help me? Uh, amen. I need this. Boy, that just does something, doesn't it? Uh, just the thrill that a parent has providing for their kids. That's the way God... He's in the business of taking care of his youngins. Amen. Somebody else this morning. God been good to you. Well, our pianist is, is, is on vacation, praise God. So, uh, uh, But I have something I'd like to do this morning. It uh, goes right along with the message today. So you pray for me. How many of you are thankful that the Lord uh, is with us during the times of our storms? Amen? Amen? When my sails are torn Your love surrounds me In the eye of the storm How many of you believe that today, church? When the solid ground is falling out From underneath my feet Between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and family I can feel the rain remind me in the eye of the storm you remain in control in the middle of the war you guard my soul you alone are the anchor when my sails are your love surrounds me In the eye of the storm When my hopes and dreams are far from me And I'm running out of faith I see the future I pictured Slowly fade away When the heartaches of are pouring down my face i find my peace in jesus name in the eye of the storm you remain in control in the middle of the war cells are torn, your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the test comes and the doctor says I've only got a few months left, it's like a bitter pill I'm swallowing, I can barely take a breath. When addiction steals my baby girl, and there's nothing I can do. My only hope is to trust in you. I trust you, Lord. Sing with me. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war. God. Um, How many of you would say, preacher, we are in a storm? One way or another. I think all of us could say that uh, our lives are in a storm. You know, that's what life is. You're either right in the middle of it, you're going into it, or you're coming out of it. Amen. But I'm thankful that there is a storm shelter. Amen. There's a refuge. There's a place that you can run to and hide, and and a place of protection, and uh, amen, and a shield, and that's the Lord Jesus, amen, under his wings, we can hide, and uh, amen, I'll tell you what, we don't have to worry about uh, our storm shelter failing us, amen, as long as we stay underneath his wing, he'll shield us, he'll protect us, he'll take care of us, amen, and I'm thankful for that, hallelujah, Amen. I'm thankful for the eye of the storm. And we're going to preach a little bit about that this morning. Before we do, anybody else have anything on your heart today? Again, uh, we don't, we're not on a schedule. That's one thing I do love about our church, is we try not to program God out of it. A lot of churches are guilty of that. But, uh, amen, uh, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd rather not put on a show or a demonstration or a performance... Amen. I'd rather uh, the Lord show up and us worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what we're here to do. Amen. Have you been obedient today before we preach? She She was my uh, teacher, actually. Yeah, she abused me when I was a child. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Amen. No, uh, I'm thankful for home this morning, aren't you? Amen. Praise God. Where would we be today if it weren't for home? And it does go actually along with the message. Amen, as there will be a permanent refuge, a a permanent rest place uh, to where there will be no storms. Amen. Isn't that wonderful to think that one of these days we're going to a place where there will be no storms, no hardships, no trials. Amen. Uh, uh, You know, I I think one thing that would do us well in life is to spend more time thinking about home than what we do. Amen. Uh, You know the devil wants us to focus on all the things that we face in life and our circumstances and our trials and our hardships and as a result uh, I'm afraid that we uh, that we miss out on the blessed uh, hope knowing that one of these days we're going to be home. Amen. All right uh, turn with me if you will in your Bibles today to Hebrews chapter number three. Hebrews chapter number three. Amen. Somebody wanted to know that if there was such a thing as coffee in the Bible. Well, the Bible says Hebrews, so y'all get that if you uh, you just think for a little while. Amen. Caroline's back there shaking her head. Uh, Now, see, if you'd gone to the city school like me to Greenville, y'all would... uh, have caught that, but for you guys that go to South Green, I know it takes you a while, right? Amen. Nash is back there shaking his head. Hallelujah. But at least you didn't get to go to Chucky Doke, right? Like Miss Holly. Amen. We're going to have a church split. Amen. All right, Hebrews chat number three. If you found your place, say amen. Hebrews chapter number three. We're going to start reading at the end of the chapter, most of uh, the content of today's message will be chapter number 4, but uh, we'll start in the last part of Hebrews chapter number 3. We'll begin reading in verse number 17, verse 17, I want to ask you to stand as we will uh, be reading quite a bit of scripture this morning, Uh, verse number 17, if you found your place, say amen. Amen. All right, verse uh, number 17, Hebrews chapter number 3. Uh, amen. Holly, could you turn my mic up just a little bit, please? Uh, after I was aggravating her about where she went to school and then asking her to work on the sound system. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believe not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Amen. I don't know about you this morning. I don't want to come short of the Lord's will for my life. Amen. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, uh, As I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished, From the foundation of the world. How many of you believe that God's work was finished from the foundation of the world? Amen. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter in therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now here's what I want you to pay attention to this morning. Not only is there a day of future rest when we get to heaven, But uh, there's a rest for God's people available today in this life and in this hour. The question is, will we enter into that rest? Um, But again, He limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest... Uh, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. Uh, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the faults and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom... We have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, I'm thankful for that, aren't you? That is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet. Without sin. Friend, I want to remind you that there's nothing that you can go through in life that Christ hasn't already went through. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. With the Lord's help this morning, I want to preach on this thought. Will you enter into rest? Will you enter into rest? Father in heaven, I love you. I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the blessed privilege we have together in your house and in your name and with your people. Lord, thank you, Lord, for everyone that's here this morning. Those familiar faces, those that aren't so familiar, but we appreciate every single one of them. And God, those who are unable to be here, Lord, a lot of sickness still in the church, those traveling, Lord, take care of them, keep them, protect them, we ask you to do that. And Lord, I pray this morning that We just spent a little bit of time gleaning from Your Word. God, there's nothing I could say, nothing I could do, no song that could be sung, no testimony that could ever be given, that Lord, that could compare to the help that's available to us through Your precious Word. So use Thy Word today to strengthen our hearts, God. Uh, Lord, if there's any sin in our lives, help us to repent of it. Uh, Lord, that it might not hinder us and keep us from entering into rest. Lord, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Honor your word today. Um, uh, exalt your son through your humbled servant. We'll praise you in advance for what you're going to do. If there might be one today that's lost, save them before it's too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in this passage we find, I believe the book of Hebrews written by the Apostle Paul, of uh, him discussing this primary thought and idea of rest. Amen. Of course, that's something that Jesus talked about in his earthly ministry. I believe it's Matthew chapter 11. Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen. How many of you believe that rest comes from Jesus? Amen. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, uh, and ye shall find rest. Amen. Uh, amen. There is a rest available to God's people. Now, I don't have time to get into all of this. Again, we could uh, really spend weeks, uh, uh, you know, expounding on uh, Hebrews chapter three, chapter four. Uh, the book of Hebrews is uh, contains some of the deepest truths that are found within the entirety of God's word. But I believe personally that. The writer of Hebrews here has three different types of rest in mind. So when we think of the word rest, we can't just think um, of one kind of rest. That there are actually three types of rest I believe the Word of God is trying to convey to us this morning. First of all, there is the rest of salvation. How many of you are thankful for the rest of salvation? Amen. I, I know what it was. Uh, to live uh, apart from and without that rest, amen. And and life without Jesus and life apart from from Christ is the opposite of rest. It's labor, it's turmoil, amen. It's uh, amen. It's confusion. Everything that you can think about that is opposite from the idea of rest. Life without Jesus, amen. That's what it is. But I'm thankful, amen, that the day that I met Christ. Amen. That I, uh, the Lord brought me up out of Egypt. Amen. And I'm no longer in Egypt. Amen. But I've entered into the rest of salvation. You, ju- you say, preacher, what is the rest of salvation? It's Jesus. Amen. amen. Christ is my Savior. Amen. And when I met Jesus, I found rest from the condemnation and the guilt. Amen. Of my sins. Amen. And I have the hope of heaven to look forward to well then not only do we have uh, the opportunity to find the rest of salvation but then there is also the rest of heaven amen one of these days there's going to be a place of permanent rest amen we're going to st- no more troubles and trials i like that old song it says we'll soon be done with troubles and trials amen well i tell you one thing about it When we get to heaven, there'll be no more labor. There'll be no more turmoil. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow, amen. We're going to lay all of these things behind. When we get to heaven, there'll be no more storms, amen. But heaven will be a place of permanent rest forevermore. Amen. Sit down beside of my Jesus and rest a little while. Isn't that going to be wonderful, amen, when we finally, amen, amen, when we finally do enter into that ultimate haven of rest, so you have the the, the rest of heaven, uh, excuse me, the rest of salvation. Then you have the rest, uh, amen, of eternity, or the rest of heaven, amen. And those are the two most important rest, amen. If you have if you have the first rest, you can have the last rest, amen. If you, amen. If you if you know the rest of salvation, then you will experience the rest of heaven. But the one that is not so sure, the one that's not so settled, and the one that's not as set in stone as the other two, I'm talking about the rest of salvation, the rest of heaven, is the rest of spirituality. Or the rest of, uh, amen, the rest of Canaan. We might put it this way. And, and, And through this passage, we find that Paul is using... The story of the children of Israel to provide us with an example, uh, amen, of the opportunity and the possibility, but not the certainty that we as God's people will enter into the rest of spirituality. Now, the truth of the matter is, when Moses, we know Moses is a type and a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, he he was the great deliverer. He brought God's people up out of Egypt. And when they crossed that Red Sea, I believe that's a picture and a type of salvation. Amen. Amen. They couldn't have gone back to Egypt if they want to. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Uh, amen. So there is the rest of salvation. A- amen. But listen, Canaan land, amen, is the is is a type and a picture of the victorious Christian life. Now, a lot of people say, well, you know, Canaan's a type of heaven. Well, maybe secondarily but primarily Canaan land is a type and a picture of the victorious Christian life. You say, Preacher, how do you know that? Well, hey, uh, listen, just because they entered into Canaan didn't mean they didn't still have some battles to fight, some enemies to face. Uh, When I get to heaven, there won't be any more giants in the land. The Canaanites won't be there, amen. But as long as I'm in this life, I can be at rest. I can be in Canaan, but yet I still have some battles I'm going to have to fight. The question is, listen to me today, friend. If you're saved, and that's number one, make sure you have experienced the rest of salvation. But if you're saved by God's grace, will you uh, will you reach your potential as a Christian? In other words, will you gain and will you experience all that God has for you in this life? Or will you spend your life wandering around and spinning your wheels in a wilderness? Amen? Are you a wilderness Christian or will you be a Canaan Christian? Amen? Now I'm not preaching Joel Osteen this morning, hallelujah. I'm just telling you, there is a rest available to the people of God. But just because it's available doesn't mean that you will experience it. And it's your choice. It's not up to God. No doubt God's perfect will for His people is for every single one of His children to cross over into Canaan land. Sad to say, most people never make it. Most people never experience and enjoy the rest of spirituality in their life. They live far less than God's perfect will. Amen. They uh, they've come up short. You see that phrase, falling short. Amen. In other words, living less than the standard. Can I say to you, I want to live up to God's standard for my life. I don't want to fall short of the standard that God has set for me. You know what we've done today? We've lowered the standard. Amen. As Christians and the church living God, many times we measure our lives up to the world standard or to the liberal church's standard or, amen, to the backslidden Christian standard, rather than, uh, amen, looking unto Jesus, the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. You know that He is your standard. My standard's not Stan. My standard's not Elma. My standard isn't Lyle, amen. My standard is Jesus. And friend, when you keep your standard where it ought to be, it'll motivate you to press towards the mark for the prize, the high calling. Amen. But will you enter into rest? Now friend, when I think about rest, uh, amen, I think about something that most of us lack and most of us need. You know, when I think about uh, our modern society, we're so busy and we got so many things going on and so many responsibilities and so many burdens and so much pressure, Uh, amen, and the days of just sitting on the front porch rocking and whistling and whittling and just enjoying life are over amen it's just from one thing to another just as fast as we can amen and, and most of us would say physically speaking i need more rest than what i'm getting anybody raise your hand and say I, I could use more rest than what i'm getting in my life but you know uh physical rest and, and physical rest is biblical amen if god, hey can i say this if god needed rest you do too Huh? Do you know why did God rest to provide us with an example to follow? And if we're not careful, we'll be so busy that we will not take time to get the rest that we need and we'll become weary and well-doing and we'll be in danger of fainting and giving up and falling short. Again, I'm not talking about salvation, but I'm talking about spirituality. We'll miss out on, on, on... Do you know Moses, one of the greatest men in the Bible was Moses. Moses was... You know, all that Moses looked for, all he longed for, all he worked for, all he labored for, all he wanted was to make it to Canaan. But did you know Moses missed out on Canaan? That great man of God fell short. And he never experienced the best that God had for him. Amen. So if Moses missed out on rest, then we can too, right? So let me just give you some principles this morning from the Word of God and I'm going to make an application, hopefully, at the end of the message it will be a help to you, uh, amen, on the eye of the storm. First of all, there's an incompletion. Look with me at verse 17, chapter number 3. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Now, all of them came out of Egypt. All of them were delivered out of Egypt, which is a type and a picture of sin. But not all of them made made it to Canaan, but many whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. Say, Preacher, what happened? They underperformed. They underachieved. They, They were a disappointment. They fell short and they missed the mark. Did you know that is a definition, a simple definition of sin? Sin is falling short of the glory of God. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is falling short of God's glory. It's not living up to the expected standard that He has set for us, not reaching our potential, and we could say it this way in common language, not cutting the mustard. Can I get a witness today? Amen. Um, But listen to me, church. Uh, In all of this, and I said this recently, and it just keeps coming to my mind, but... We've got to make sure that we're not guilty of lowering the standard. See, that's what we've done today. We all know we're living in tough days, hard times. Amen. Sometimes it's not about thriving, it's about surviving. Can I get a witness? Just making it. But you know, that's not God's will for your life, just to make it. God doesn't want you to survive in life. That's the wilderness. God wants you to thrive. Amen. And and the rest that God has for you, it's not a rest from trouble, but it's a rest in spite of trouble. God has not promised us peace from the storm, but He has promised to provide peace in the middle of the storm. See, but I'm afraid that's why we're missing it as Christians, because when we think about rest, when we think about the peace of God in our lives, Lord, deliver me from this. See, you're not going to find rest. You're not going to find peace. Uh, Amen. Spiritual peace and spiritual rest that only comes from God by asking God to deliver you from it. But true rest, true peace in your life comes as God delivers you through it. In order to find the rest of God, it's not about getting out of it. It's about going right through the middle of it. Just like the Red Sea. It would have been much easier for the children of Israel, if God give them the easy way. But God's will wasn't the easy way. Can I remind you, God's will for your life is not always the easy way. But His way is always the right way. Amen? And the rest of God can only be obtained not by going around it, not by getting out of it, but going right through the middle of it. Amen? Do you know, can I just, I'm already, I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you know, uh, the, in a hurricane, and there's, a, there's a big hurricane out right now, Hurricane Lee. It was cat, cat, Category 5 earlier this week. They're still not sure what it's going to do. But did you know in the, the in a hurricane, there's always what in the middle of that hurricane? An eye. An eye. And, and they say that in the middle, and, and I don't care how, in fact, the stronger the storm the more real and the more rest there is in the eye. Amen? Uh, And that eye, they say that no matter how strong the winds are, they can be 150, 160 miles an hour, but yet if you get in that that eye and it's 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 a small place, just a few miles from one end of that eye to the other, but yet in that eye, it's perfect peace. Isn't that something else? Isn't that amazing? But you know, in order to get to that eye, you've got to go right through the middle of the strongest bands of that hurricane. And can I say something else today? There's no I, I'm telling you, the Lord gave me this message earlier this week. I knew beyond the shadow of it. A lot of times I don't know what I'm going to preach Sunday morning. But the Lord said, this is what you're going to preach. But you think about this. Did you know that the closer you get to the eye, the stronger the winds are? The strongest winds in a hurricane are right around the center of that eye. You know what happens when we get in the, in the strongest winds of life? When we, when we find ourselves in the, in the most intense part of life's hurricane, so to speak, you know, the devil convinces us, well, you're further away from rest than you ever be. And we want to quit, we we're going to give up because... It seems like the harder we press and the more we fight and the harder we try to do right and live right, the more intense the winds and the the more intense the bands of that storm. But did you know that the stronger the bands and the stronger, the more intense the winds and the waves are, the closer you're getting to that place of rest? Oh, that's good preaching. You say, preacher, I don't know if I can take much more of what I've been going through. Amen. Amen. Uh, if, if it picks up and if the winds blow any harder, they're going to blow me away. I'm on the verge of giving up because I'm weary. I've been working. I've been fighting harder than I... have been straining and I've been struggling. I've been doing my best to live right, to serve God. But every time I do, it's like the devil just blows me down with another gust of wind. Friend, it could be. You say, preacher, the, the, the storm is more intense. Anybody... Today, preacher, the storm is more intense in my life right now than it ever has been. Do you know that might be because you're closer to rest than you ever have? Oh, yes, hallelujah. Amen? Do You know, the closer we get to victory, the harder the devil fights us. Can I say that again? Uh, The closer we get to victory in our lives, whether it be as individuals or even as a church... Let me say it again. The closer you get to victory, the harder the devil's going to fight you. You know how it e- easy it is for God to give us victory? All he does is have to speak peace, and the winds and waves obey him. Hallelujah today. That's right, baby. Help me preach this morning. Amen. Listen, uh, uh, praise the Lord. You know, Again, they say that when you're going through a hurricane, one minute that wind will be howling and and amen the, the the rains blowing sideways, and just just the ferocity of the storm, and it's so intense. And all of a sudden, just like the snapping of the finger, all of a sudden it's total peace. That's how quick God can change your situation. You know what we try to we try to fix this. You know one thing you can't do? You can't can't manipulate a hurricane, brother. (laughs) I mean, man has, mankind has, why y'all got me all messed up preaching? Amen. Got me away from my. Listen. uh, Amen. There's a lot of things that humanity has mastered, but the power of the storm is one thing that man has no control of. You know something I don't have control of in my life is a storm. And, And that's when we feel weak is when we, feel as if life is out of our hands and beyond our control. And the storms of life are just something that you and I have no power, but I'm thankful that I know the master of the storm. (laughs) I'm glad today that I know the one that has demonstrated and proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that even the winds and the waves obey His will. And if He could calm those storms, He can calm the ones in your life. The preacher, why don't he do it? Do it. Well, it just ain't time yet. Amen. You know, some some sometimes the most simple truths are the most important. You know something that you don't need to forget, especially if you're the one going through the valley and the storm. And the hey, it didn't come to stay, but it came to pass. Amen. Something Dad taught me when I was very young: This too shall pass. I mean, that's what life is. Life, the conditions of life never stay the same. You say, well, preacher, it don't bother me none. I'm not in the storm. Well, you just get ready, honey. It's coming. You better enjoy the eye when you're in it because sooner or later those outer bands are going to hit. Amen, I but I don't care whether you're in the in the eye or whether you're in the, the outer bands of the storm. I'm telling you, God will give you peace. God will help you and He'll He'll... Enable you to overcome whatever trial the devil throws your way. Man, y'all mess me up this morning. Hallelujah. But I don't know about anybody else. I'm getting some help today. Amen. There's a retribution. Verse number 18. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? You say, preacher, what is the consequence of falling short? Not a... When we miss out, when we, when we choose to be satisfied, I'm talking about be, being satisfied with less than the best that God has for your life. You know what we're guilty of? One of the, And I don't know if it's a sin or not. I think it is. Because again, it's falling short of the glory of God. You know one of the things that we're most guilty of in life? Settling for less. Amen? Settling for less than the best, uh, Amen, uh, Amen. Uh, Nash and Zeke play football, Amen. Your coach, Amen. What happens if you're on the ball field and uh, Amen, practice field and 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 instead of uh, going as hard as you can, you start loafing for a little while? It don't go well, does it? Amen. Uh, I know. I know when back years ago they made you do leg lifts and them things was. Like torture, but I'm sure they got something a lot worse. But listen, Amen. I you'll never succeed by settling for less than the best that God has for your life. Say, so preacher, what you got to do? You got to strive. Instead of settling, you got to strive. Now I'm not talking about striving to obtain salvation. I don't work for my salvation. Jesus already did that for me. But I, but my spirituality. See, uh, Amen, Brother Barry Rackley, one of my favorite preachers, he made this statement, he, you know, salvation's God's part, spirituality's, salvation's up to God, spirituality's up to you. I don't care what condition I'm in this morning, y'all still listening to me? Whether or not you're in the wilderness or in Canaan, you ain't got nobody to blame but yourself. You can look at all these excuses and say, this is why I'm where I'm at, This is why I'm the way that I am. This is why I have the attitude that I currently have. No, brother, you just look in the mirror and you'll find the culprit and the reason why. And you know, a lot of times because we lower the standard, we end up settling for less than what God has in store for our lives. I'm doing my best to help you today. Help myself too. Remember, the consequence of settling for less is not entering into rest. Missing out on things that your eyes hadn't seen. Can I say to you this morning that God has some things out there for your life that your eyes hadn't seen, your ears hadn't heard, it hadn't even entered into your heart, the things that God's prepared. You say that's talking about heaven. No, you read the context, 1 Corinthians, you'll find out he's talking about spirituality. Amen? But a lot of times because we settle for less than the best God has in store for us, we miss out on things. That we're never able to comprehend what God could do for United Baptist Church if United, United Baptist Church just simply would not settle for less than the best. Yeah, man. Why would I settle for the for less? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't settle? He strove. He went all the way for us, so we ought to go all the way for him. There's an instigation, verse number 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. What's the reason why we settle instead of strive? What's the reason we end up living our lives in the wilderness rather than entering into Canaan? Unbelief. A lack of faith. Unbelief is almost always the culprit and the reason that we fall short of God's will for our lives. We simply don't believe God. We don't take Him at His word. We just do not believe He'll do what He said He'll do. Faith is the the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Believing that God is and that He will reward those who will just diligently press on through the storm believing that somewhere ahead there's a rest in store for God's people. Amen. I believe there's a rest in store for my life. I mean, y'all, some of y'all know I've been going through it. I ain't, I ain't poor-mouthing today. A lot of things we go through, we bring on ourselves. Can I get a witness this morning? But you know, you go through it, and sometimes you wonder, is this ever going to end? Are things ever going to get better? Amen? But listen, if we'll just believe, if we'll just keep diligently seeking after God, just press on, just press on. Just strive for the Master, then sooner or later we'll break through the storm and we'll enter into the rest of God. Amen? I believe there's rest. I believe there's rest ahead for United Baptist Church. I believe the clouds are going to break and the sun's going to start shining again. The devil's done everything he can to shut the doors of this church. But praise God, we're still going. And I believe good days are ahead for us if we'll press on and be faithful. Amen. Trepidation. Verse number 1 of chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into His rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. You know it ought to terrify you to fall short of God's will for your life. Do you know one of these days I'm going to stand before God on Judgment Day? Y'all listening to me? I'm trying to get through this. You know what Paul referred to the judgment seat of Christ as being? He said, he said uh, knowing therefore the, the terror of the Lord. And in its context, he's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. You know, somebody said, well, I I can't wait to stand before Jesus. Well, I get it. I, I can't wait to see Him, but I'm not necessarily looking forward to standing in front of Him and giving account for the way I've lived my life. Because if I read my Bible correctly, my judgment, not for salvation but for my rewards, will be determined by what I've done with what I've been given as a steward. The Lord's going to say, here's what I give you. And and the truth is, God gives some more than He does others. Parable of talents. But it has nothing to do with what God gave to you. Your reward will be determined by what you have done with what you were given and whether or not you come up short. Were you a spiritual underachiever or an overachiever? God said, here's what I give you. Now, what did you do with it? Did you hide your talents or did you take them... And did you invest invest them and make a profit for me? Amen? What have we done? Amen? Did we come up short? That ought to terrify you. The thought of standing before God, He said, here's what I would have done. Here's what I should have done. Here's what I wanted to do in and through your life. And here are all those things that I had out in store for you if you'd only pressed on. Let me ask you this today. Who is going to be lost and go to hell if you quit? Who's not going to get saved because you uh, throw in the towel and decide it's not worth going on? Who, amen, how many people will split hell wide open if United Baptist Church shuts its doors? We got to press on because it's not just about us. Amen. Do you know that's why devil, the devil's fighting churches so hard? Because he knows that we are the only lifeline, churches like ours. And don't you ever let the the devil tell you this church ain't important because it is. Amen. I believe what goes on here is as important as what goes on in Washington, D.C. If not more so, hallelujah. That's why the devil fights us as hard as he because he knows that we are the only lifeline that this world has that keeps him from accomplishing his agenda of sending as many people to hell as he possibly can. Yep, man got to press on prescription verse number two for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it you know what the antidote is you know what the cure you know what the remedy is the preaching of the word of god amen to the world it's foolishness but to we who are saved it's the power of god to salvation why we as a church just need to keep doing what we're doing. The world can change their methods, go a different way, develop new ministries, new philosophies, new tactics. Amen. We just need to stay by the stuff and take the old highway and keep preaching the word and let God do what He's always been able to do. But it, do you know the word of God's unprofitable if it's not mixed with faith? Right? Isn't that what it says? The formula for spiritual success in your life is to mix the Word of God together with faith. Amen. The promises of God are unprofitable and they are profitless unless they are mixed with and exercised by faith. Faith is the key. Did you know I don't care how powerful a car you've got, it could be a V8, a muscle car, Amen, 350 bored out, praise God all the way, turbocharged. But there's got to be an igniter. There's got to be an ignition. Amen, that, that, uh, that, that unlocks the, the, the door to that power supply. And you know what? We've got a power supply that's a whole lot stronger than a 350. And that's the Word of God. But the Word of God is ineffective unless it is mixed with faith. Very simply, you've got to take God's Word at face value and believe that God will do what He says He'll do in spite of the surroundings and the circumstances of your life. you got to believe that God is able no matter what the horizon looks like. you got to say, I don't care how strong the storm is, I believe God is able and I believe there's an eye and there's a rest somewhere ahead for me. Completion, harden not your heart. And the provocation. I mean, that's a, that's a danger. You know what a storm will do? If you don't submit to God, when you buck up against God, your heart will become hard. Forty years long I was grieved. It is a people that do err, and they have not known my ways, and to whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Amen. There's a conclusion. Verse 4, we, he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from his work. Do you know, man can't undo what God has done. God is the one who established rest. Amen. There's nothing, there's no storm. Amen. I don't care how strong it is. I don't care what the devil does. Amen. It cannot undo the eye at the center of that storm. Amen. Because God is the one who established it. He is the one who ordained it. There's a subjection. I'm trying to get through this quickly. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, there's no guarantee. Now this has nothing to do with being saved or or keeping your salvation. This has to do uh, with the Lord's rest, the, the, the rest of spirituality. There's no guarantee it's available. There's an opportunity for you to obtain it and to achieve it, but there's no guarantee that you will. Continuation. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. It's available to us today just as it was to those in the Bible. If God could do it for Joshua and Caleb, He can do it for us. If it was available to those who lived in the Bible, then it's available to you and it's available to me. There's a limitation. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today after so long a time as it is said, today if ye will hear his voice. See, what happens, we're not there because we keep putting it off. We know there's some things we're going to have to go through. There's no. We know there's some things we've got to lay aside That we know there's some sins, some besetting sins that are holding us back and keep us from obtaining God's rest. We say, well, I'll put it off tomorrow. I'll get rid of it tomorrow. Amen. Today is the day for you to press through the storm and enter into the rest of Canaan that God has in store for your life. Rejection, harden not your hearts. Amen. Second time he's mentioned that. When you reject God's word and don't believe, it'll harden your heart. There's an expectation. Now here's where it gets into what Dad was talking about. Not just the rest of salvation, the rest of spirituality, but the rest of eternity. There remaineth. Excuse me, verse number 8. If Jesus had given them rest, then would He not afterward have spoken of another day? How many of you believe there's another day of rest? Not temporary, but permanent rest. Where there won't be... Any more storms, any more trials, any more hardships, any more adversities. Just a a place of permanent peace and tranquility. Won't it be wonderful there? What a day that will be when we finally enter into God's rest. Preparation. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. He's the one who's prepared it. Amen. It's going to be a perfect place of rest because it's His rest. A pacification. Verse 10 For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, says God. Isn't that wonderful to think that all the troubles and trials of life will be over when we finally enter into that rest? Vocation, verse 11, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. All right, now we're going back to, and, and I'm almost finished this morning. Stay with me just another few moments. But if we're going to enter into Canaan land, if we're going to make it into the eye of the storm that God has for your life, once again, how many of you believe there's an eye of the storm available to the lives of God's people? It's not going to happen by accident. Now again, I'm not working for my salvation. Jesus already did, but I've got to work to obtain my spirituality. You know why most of us live le- the standards lower? We, we fall short because we're lazy. You know, Bible studies hard work. Maintaining your prayer life on a daily basis, it requires self-discipline and control. Amen. And the truth of the matter is, most of us fall short of God's will for our lives because we simply do not want it bad enough. Friend, there is a place of rest available in your life. There is an eye of the storm available if you want it bad enough. Are you willing to press through the storm bands that you are currently? And you say, well, preacher, it seems like the harder I fight, the stronger they get. Well, that means you're just getting closer to the eye. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Right? See what happens. We get frustrated. We get depressed. We get discouraged. We just want to give up and quit because it seems like the harder we press and the the more we strain and struggle the more intense it gets. Well, that means you're just getting closer to that place of rest. Wouldn't it be bad if we quit when we're right on the verge of rest? Amen? That last band, you just got to, you know, to weather the storm. Here's what Paul said. Be strong, the Lord, in the power of His mind. Right? Having done all to stand. Not only are we to stand but we're to withstand the wiles. You say, preacher, what does it mean to withstand? To weather the storm. To hunker down during the hurricane. Amen, just like that palm tree. Amen, it may bend it over and it seems like that thing's going to break, but when the storm passes and the sun comes out, that tree's still standing because it was able to weather the storm. You say, preacher, I can't. Well, you may not be able to, but with God's help, you can. Amen? Right? Weather the storm. Amen. Just, Amen. Set your face as a flint and be willing to endure. Say, Lord, it may seem like it's too much for me, but in your hands, uh, you're able to see me through the storm and get into that place of rest. Amen. Let us, are you willing to labor so that you might? Do you know that's what's, do you know that's the remedy for United Baptist Church? If God's going to build this church, if God's going to bring us through the storm, if God's going to get us through the strong bands that, that, that we're currently going through like a hurricane, like a washing machine, hallelujah. We got to labor. We got to fight on. We've got to press through it and believe that somewhere down the line, sooner or later, there will be a place of rest in store for God's people. Exhaustion, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You know what happens when you work? What is, what is the, what's the consequence of labor? Fatigue. You get tired. Amen. The more you fight, the harder you press on. And what happens when you get tired? You want to give up. You want to quit. You want to find your couch to lay down on just so you can... Take a little break and get a little rest. Friend, we're too close home to lay down on the job. We've got to keep fighting and pressing on because rest is up ahead. There's an invigoration, verse 12. The Word of God is quick. Do you know what? You say, preacher, I need more energy in my life. Spiritually, I'm fatigued. I'm worn out. Uh, I'm, da- I'm in danger of becoming weary and well-doing. What is the remedy for my situation? Amen. You just need some get spiritual Gatorade, brother. So preacher, what is that? That's a word of God. You know, when we begin to, to get spiritually dehydrated in our lives, we just need to take us a swig of spiritual Gatorade. We just need to get another dose of the Word of God because that is the source of our strength. It's quick, it's powerful, and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. There's a manifestation. Verse number 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of Him whom we have to do. Very simply, God knows who we are. God knows where we're at. He knows what we're going through. And He knows what we stand in need of. You may be right smack dab in the in the middle of the storm, but your God has not forgot about you. Do you believe that today? Intercession, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. We don't have to do it on our own or by ourselves, but we have somebody with us to go through. Do you know the Lord will never send you anywhere that He doesn't go with you. Amen. Praise God. Determination. Verse 14, Let us hold fast our profession. There's no legitimate excuse for us to quit To lay down, amen, I said it last week, what the devil wants us to do, he has surrounded us just like he did Elisha and his servant at Dothan. And when the enemy has surrounded you, he's intimidating you, he's threatening you, and he's trying to get you to surrender. There's no place for surrender in God's army. Why? Because we got somebody with us. And we've got strength. We've got invigoration. The devil will never starve us out because he can't take the Word of God away from us. Amen. Finally. So we've got to hold fast our profession. Right? We've got to quit, keep, keep, keep on keeping on. We can't quit. We can't give up, give in. we got to continue to endure and to weather those storm bands believing that rest is just around the bend. For our lives, there's a compassion. Verse 15: For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. So we've already saw Jesus knows, God knows where we're at. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're facing. You know, He has the answer. He has the solution. He has the remedy to get us through our storm and into that place of rest. But not only does He know, but He cares. Aren't you glad that we have a sympathizing Savior? Not only does He care, but He also understands. There's no storm that you could ever go through that Jesus hasn't already been through. There's no temptation that you could face that Jesus hasn't already faced and gotten the victory and over. Amen. We do have a sympathizing Savior this morning. He cares and He understands. He knows how we feel. Preacher, nobody understands what I'm facing. Seems like nobody cares for my soul. My friends, my family, they've forsaken me. They've forgotten about us. Well, friend, all I can say to you is on the authority of the Word of God, I know a man not just who can, but one who cares about your troubled soul. Finally, there's an invitation. Verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to what? Help in time of need. You know what happens sometimes? Anybody, you know one of my favorite movies is The Perfect Storm. Anybody saw that? Anybody ever seen the. I love that movie. And you know, it's based on a true story about a hurricane. And these fishermen were in. They were desperate to earn a living, so they were willing to take a risk and try to survive a hurricane so that they could get their haul back to uh, shore and have enough money to survive the winter. But there came a point in time to where their ship, they got in trouble. Amen? So what they do? They had to call for help. Mayday, mayday. Well, the problem is the satellite had gone out. And nobody was there to hear them, let alone rescue them. I'm thankful we don't have to worry about that with Jesus, the captain of our ship. Amen. The one who knows, the one who cares, the one who understands, the one who is in control. Friend, I want to say to you, if you're going through the storm today, it's not an accidental storm. It's not a storm of coincidence. But I'm telling you, it's ordained by God. And He's trying to strengthen you through it. He doesn't want to get you out of it. He wants to see you through all the way into that place of rest. But maybe you're here this morning. You say, Preacher, I just can't handle anymore. My ship is about to sink. I'm getting ready to go under. Why don't you get on your CB radio and cry out, Mayday, Mayday, Lord, I need some help. And you don't have to do so fearfully or, you know, and with, uh, you know, scared whether or not he'll hear you, whether or not he'll listen, or whether or not he'll be willing to come to your rescue, friend. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and that we might find grace to help in time of need. Friend, the eye of the storm. I can't promise you, you know, there's a lot of preachers say you just live for Jesus, there'll be no storms. Better not pay attention to that. Right? In fact, the, the more you try, the more serious you get about serving God the more storms you'll face. Amen. The closer you get to the Lord, again, the closer you get to His presence, are you going to be satisfied with being in the outer bands? Are you not going to settle for anything less than to press through the intensity of that storm? Again, the closer you get to the eye, to the center of that storm, the more intense those bands are. Preacher, I'm going to press on. It may seem as if I'm not going to, but if I I believe with all my heart that if I just keep on fighting, if I just keep on pressing, if I just keep on selling my ship right smack dab through the jaws of that storm, I believe sooner or later I'm going to find a place of rest, a place of peace, and a place where I can find the help that I need. I don't want to settle for less. I want to obtain the best God has Me, but the only way to do that is to be willing to face the storm, fight through the intensity of those winds and waves, and believe somewhere up ahead there's a place of serenity, calmness, and God will get me through to the eye of the storm. Let's all stand today. Father in heaven, I love you. I've done my best to preach your word. Thank you for helping me today. No no doubt about it, God, you ordained this message. And Lord, I know that I can speak for myself and many others here today and maybe some who are watching or listening, God. And Father, we could all say that we're going through something. Lord, we're we're going through this storm. It feels like we're smack dab in the middle of the hurricane. Well, we're not in the middle of it because if we were, we'd be in the eye. Lord, Preacher, God knows my heart. Lord knows my heart. He knows that I care. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't care. I wouldn't still be fighting and pressing on for Jesus if I didn't want to please Him. And I don't want to settle for for less than the best that God has in store for my life and for my family and for our church. But oh, God knows my heart. He's... He knows I feel as if my ship's about to sink and I'm getting ready to go under. God, I pray that You just encourage Your people. Give them strength. God, help them to to nourish themselves on the spiritual uh, energy of the Word of God. Lord, You've given us a source of strength, and that's the Word of God. The milk and the meat that can only satisfy our hunger and thirst spiritually speaking god i pray that you'd help us to know we have a sympathizing savior we have a captain that it's already been through every storm we could ever face he knows and he cares and he's able to rescue us to see us through father i pray god today that if we need help we wouldn't be so so proud and so arrogant not to be willing to cry out for help. Lord, I can't think of anything worse than for a person's ship to sink because they're not willing to cry out to help during a time of need. Sometimes all we can do is cry out, Mayday! Mayday! I'm going down. My ship's getting ready to sink. I need help that only comes from you. Father, I'm afraid that a lot of times the reason we don't get help is because we don't ask for help. We have not because we ask not. God, if we need something from you today, I pray that we would come boldly under the throne of grace as one of your children and cry out to help, so that you will rescue us, not necessarily from the storm, but to bring us through, safe and sound. Be with us during this invitation. Have your will in your way. Make sure everyone has entered into the rest of salvation, and will experience. The rest of heaven one day. Move in our midst in Jesus' name. Amen. As Dad sings a song of invitation, if you need to come, the altar's open. every young person and anyone that knows me as your pastor, you know that I'm all about young people. My desire is to to be here for you, to help you, to encourage you, even those of you that